T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back into Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson here filling in for Nate Geary today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline, really happy to speak with this man right here. He is the creator of Hockey Prospecting, which looks at NHL drafts and NHL prospects. And, and uh, Byron Bader is joining me right here from HockeyProspecting.com. Byron, it's great to get the chance to talk to you here today, and uh, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So first off, before we get into the draft class, I want to just ask you about how you're – how you go about your prospect rankings and how you kind of gauge everything with the prospects eligible for the 2021 NHL draft. Yeah. So my prospect rankings are largely based on a equivalency model that I've built. So that's kind of the, the premise of hockey prospecting. So basically what it does is it standardizes player scoring um, sort of across the board and uses historical performances to chart which prospects will make the NHL and how those prospects will do once they kind of get into the NHL. Um, so essentially what it does is basically put all the players on sort of the same level playing field. So then you're able to, you know, remove intangible biases like age, size, uh, league position, and, you know, see all the players through the same lens because, you know, the OHL, uh, a point in the OHL is, is different from the USHL, which is different from college, which is, you know, different from, from the leagues in Europe. So it basically puts everybody on the same level playing field and lets you view them through the same lens. So that's essentially the big driver of my prospect rankings, kind of looking at, you know, these patterns that sort of emerged over the past 30 years. Um, that's when the model goes back to and looking at, you know, what type of players and what type of scoring patterns they had that ended up making the NHL and doing very well and turning into those you know, superstars or, or really high point producers, that type of thing. So that's the main sort of driver for my rankings. And then also bringing in, you know, context around each sort of player um, within the model and then bringing in, you know, the player's reputation and sort of rank consensus as, as an additional lever there to, to build the rankings. Fantastic. That's good to know. So there's been a lot of people that have speculated about this draft class, talked about this draft class as being – a bad draft class, a weak draft class. And personally, I tend to disagree. I think the top 10 of this year's draft is a good draft. I think there's some very good players that can put up 600, 700, 800 career games and give a lot of good production. But how would you classify this year's draft class? Is it a bad draft class or is it just a matter of time before some of these prospects start to really flourish as they get their careers going? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't 
categorize it as a bad draft class, I would say, more kind of like a maybe average or slightly below average. You know, it's not that 2012 type of draft class that was basically, you know, didn't really generate anything in terms of those really notable star players. I would liken it more to maybe like 2009 or like 2017. Um, You know, a couple really good players are going to come from it. You know, a lot of NHLers, but, you know, it's not one of those, like 2020 was a really deep draft, you know, 2015, 2016. It's not one of those type of drafts, but, yeah, it's 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 about average, I would say. So the Sabres obviously picking number one overall, and many are having Owen Power as the consensus number one pick going to Buffalo. Would you feel comfortable labeling Power as the consensus number one overall pick in this draft? Yeah, I mean... It, it certainly seems like he, he's going to go first, although there is, you know, more and more rankings kind of coming out that suggest maybe not. Myself, I, I, I have him at sixth, um, and the reason for that is he just doesn't profile like um, a true first overall pick to me. I mean, if you look back over the last 30 years, uh, first overall picks kind of turn into these stars that I'm looking for in the model about 75% of the time. And when you look at them, they look really obvious. Like they look, you know, they have like a 80% chance of becoming a star at the time of the draft. And then a lot of them hit, whereas as power doesn't really have that same profile. So right now he has currently a 7% chance of becoming a star. So, you know, he could be part of that, that 25% that, that misses that, that star player that you're looking for at first overall. So I mean, he's still going to play. He's going to play in the NHL. He's going to play, you know, probably a thousand games. But I would more liken him to a player like Jay Bomeister, you know, a player that is similar build, similar kind of mobile um, um, ability there, and you know, easily eats up twenty, twenty-five minutes a night. Plays, you know, a ton of games, but never really hits those those star kind of offensive production numbers that you're sort of looking for. So. Yeah, that's where power sits for me, and I'll be curious where he actually goes in the draft. Byron Bader, consultant, data scientist, creator of Hockey Prospecting, joining us right now on the West Her Hotline. So Thursday, you released your final rankings for the top 32 of the 2021 NHL draft and I'm kind of curious because looking at it according to your your final rankings you have Brant Clark as the number one ranked prospect of the class what exactly makes him the top available prospect in your eyes yeah I do have Clark right at the top of the list there so Clark um, a couple different things sort of break him apart for me Uh, so he had a a really good pre-draft year so his year last year in the OHL was pretty indicative of you know, a top five pick, and that's kind of where he was ranked to go. And then this year, um, kind of seeing the, you know, the COVID breakouts in, in Canada and Ontario especially, he made the smart move of, of going over to Europe really early and actually joining like a, a legit men's league, joining the Slovakia league. And basically right off the plane, you know, he started to produce really early. Um, and, to you know, that's that's really rare for a a teenage defenseman in a Euro league, especially a D-man to produce like that to begin with. But I mean, this guy, this isn't even a guy who's from that country and he's, he's going over there and doing that right away. And, you know, when you look at his production and, and how it kind of stands in the model, the only two players that sort of rival that type of production that early as a teenager in any Euro league were Victor Hedman and Rasmus Dahlin. Um, so, I mean, looking at those two players and, Kind of, you know, his consensus ranking and, and his reputation and what he did last year, that really bumps him to the top for me. And 
and yeah, makes him the first overall pick in, in on my board. So now I definitely don't want to give away your entire list, Byron, but you do have Dylan Gunther as the top rank uh, forward of the group, and he's at number two ahead of the other forward prospects. Who maybe ranked? Uh, what puts him at number two and, and puts him ahead of the other forwards of this group? Because there are plenty of good forwards available at the top of this draft. Yeah, absolutely. Like again, the way I kind of rank rank prospects is I always kind of go for those those really you know really high star probability guys first the guys that you know are gonna have the high likelihood of turning into you know a point per game guy in the NHL type thing and and Gunther has this I mean he again had the the really good pre-draft year last year and then this year he only got into 12 games which is a super small sample but in those 12 games he was you know a two point per game player in the WHL um you know, and that could have changed over uh, over the course of a, a full season. He was kind of playing in a, a weird Alberta division within the WHL. But, I mean, if you factor in his size and his age and even something like his handedness, he's a right shot, and there's not many of those, those right shot star wingers that um, sort of emerge over the years. You know, his production probably could have dropped back 20 or 30%, and he'd still be a guy that I'd easily take in the top five. But, I mean, that production is there right now, so that's why I have him at the number two spot because he just has this really, really high um, probability of turning into, yeah, one of these sort of mega mega stars I'm looking for. Now, Byron, here in Buffalo, uh, the Sabres have been reported to be high on the other Michigan prospects along with Owen Power. That includes Matthew Beneers and Kent Johnson. What stands out about those players in your eyes and how you project them at the NHL level? Yeah, I really I really like Beneers as well. Um, the thing with him is he profiles a little bit lower in the model, but he also profiles differently. You know, he profiles as a very elite two-way uh, two-way center that can kind of do everything and you know has um yeah so when you look at them in the model gunther really profiles higher than beniers but beniers is sort of he's not labeled as this this guy that's supposed to come in and be a point per game guy you know he's more the two-way the two-way player and that's exactly what he looks like in the model i have him ranked at seventh and it's you know it's nothing against him personally or anything like that it's just i i again go for the the high star players at the top of the draft and i just think he's yeah he's going to be kind of that that two-way center that does everything but maybe chips in you know 40 to 60 points kind of in his prime rather than the the point per game type thing um and then in terms of kent johnson he's actually really interesting so he profiles you know certainly above average in the model but not but not a leak but when you read the the scouting reports about him and what he's supposed to be you know, a lot of them say, you know, he has one of the highest offensive talents of the entire draft. And, you know, maybe he's not great, you know, all around or defensively, but he should get by with his with his offense. So this is exactly the type of player that, you know, should look like a rock star in, in the hockey prospecting model. Like, there should be no question that this guy is going to make the NHL based on his, his offensive abilities because, you know, that's kind of how he's profiled. But, but he doesn't really look like that. Like, he's like, again, he's certainly above average, but he's not, you know, he doesn't look like Patrick Kane or he doesn't look like Alex DeBrincat, you know, two similar players that, you know, maybe don't have that all-around game, but they certainly have that offensive ability. So I have him ranked a little bit outside the, the top 10. I think I have him ranked 11th or 12th, um, just because, you know, there's something there's something a little little off there. Um, if he's profiled as the elite offensive talent, then, then why doesn't he look the part, I guess? 
Byron Bader from HockeyProspecting.com joining us right now on the Western Hotline on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Another player that's reportedly high of interest for the Sabres this offseason heading into this draft class is William Eklund. He's the number one internationally ranked skater from the NHL Central Scouting Bureau. What is it about his game that makes him such a hot commodity this year? Yeah, I mean, Eklund is is kind of, he doesn't really have any flaws. You know, he's a good skater. He can shoot, but he can also make plays. He's a hard worker. You know, he doesn't he doesn't take shifts off and just kind of rely on his offensive ability. So he has all that going for him. You know, he's coming from essentially the third best league in the world in the SHL, which is a very, very high quality uh, men's league. So that all helps him in his favor. And, you know, when you put him in context of, of the hockey prospecting model and all that type of stuff, you know he 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 looks very very good there as well. He doesn't profile as super elite yet, but like you know he's he's going back to the SHL next year, so he's probably going to have a big season. So you can see him growing and growing um, within the model. And you know if if you look at players that you know kind of produce like he did in the SHL, like in that ballpark. There's very few that look like that. I mean, the only players that really look like that over the past 30 years are Kevin Fiala. Uh, Elias Lindholm, you know, Peter Forsberg, Marcus Nasland, um, and the Sedins. That's basically it. And Nicholas Backstrom. So, I mean, you put him in that context, everything sounds great about him. Everything looks great about him. Um, yeah, so he looks, he looks the part of, of the top European prospect. Well, it's not too often that we get the chance to talk about a goalie going so high in the first round, but Jesper Waltzstad is an interesting candidate. He's he, I've seen mocks where he could go as high as six to the Detroit Red Wings. He could go to San Jose. He could be a top 10 goaltender in this year's draft, and you have him ranked high as well. What is it about him that is uh, potentially going to make him a top 10 goaltender pick, which the NHL hasn't seen in quite some time? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have him at third, and that's more, uh, you know, that's more because of this draft, because it's, you know, kind of one of those average or just below average drafts. Um, you know, I really see him as as certainly the top goalie candidate, and I think he can, you know, be a big-time star in the NHL. So the really interesting thing about him is that he's coming from a legit men's league in his draft year. So he's coming from the SHL, played, you know, over 20 games there, um, and did very, very well. And to put that in context, like how rare that is that a goalie is in a Euro men's league in their draft year, their first eligible draft year anyways, is so rare that, you know, when that happens, you have to take note of it. So it's only really happened about eight times in the past 30 or 40 years. And when you look at the players who have done it, you know, they, the success rate is, is very, very high. So you have, you know, goalies going back to Hashik and, and Brzgalov and Lettinen and Chechmanic. Like, these are the players that, that played in that league, you know, and in, in those men leagues um, in their draft year, and, you know, most of them made it. So that's what really jumps him up for me because it's so rare that that happens. I mean, um, Askarov from last year is kind of another case that did it, and, he, you know, he would be another goalie that I would probably take in the top ten. But, yeah, that's what really jumps him up the draft board for me. Um, just from doing my research, these are the types of goalies that hit. You want to be facing, you know, competition from men really early, and Wallstead's already there, and he's going to be there for the rest of his life. I mean, uh, at worst case, he's basically in the SHL, and then he comes over to the NHL, and he might have a brief stint in the AHL, but he's basically going to be facing that really tough men competition for the rest of his life, and he's he's already there and, and performing well. So, 
I wouldn't normally have a goalie this high, but with with, with Wallstead and, and this particular draft, I had to I had to rank him up there. Last thing I'll ask you here, Byron, and I I won't ask about all thirty two players, but. Who are some of the, the notable players on your final rankings that, that stand out to you that might actually go, you know, in, in a little bit higher than maybe they're expected to in this year's draft class? Yeah, so the, the big thing with my rankings is it's not where I think the players are, are going to go. It's more, you know, who I see having that kind of star potential and that NHLer right. potential. So um, there's three players that really jump off my list that, you know, they'll probably go a lot deeper than, than, than my list. Um, so Olin Zellweger is this kind of smaller D-man from the WHL that has, you know, very small sample, but he has these really high scoring totals. He's very, very young. Like, he's a couple days away from basically being in the 2022 draft. And, you know, these are the type of players, like, I love. They have, you know, they, they drop down the rankings a little bit probably because of their size and, and that type of thing. But, you know, they make the NHL, and a lot of these guys turn into stars. Um, I would kind of liken him to Sam Girard. Like, he kind of has a similar look in terms of the model. You know, he's a similar age. He's probably going to fall out of the first round, maybe in, even into the third or fourth round. But, I mean, if you do a redraft of the 2016 draft, Sam Girard is probably for sure in that top 15, right? So, you know, that's what you could be looking at with Zellweger. Another one uh, from the USDP is Red Savage. So this guy is kind of ranked to go in, I would guess, the third or fourth round. But, I mean, everything I read about him, like he sounds very solid. There's no major holes to him. He sounds like a pretty pretty good bet as a, a two-way C. And then you look at him in the model, and, he, you know, he has a very, very good profile, 60% of these guys uh, make the NHL, you know, about 15 to 20% of them turn into sort of these offensive stars. So, yeah, he's a guy that, that I could for sure see, you know, drop into the third or fourth round and, and actually making it and, and doing very well. And then the last one, uh, this guy is expected to go at the back end of the first round, maybe into the second, uh, Sasha, Sasha Pasterjov. So he is out of the USDP as well. And he is like these crazy high-scoring totals, um, He's very, very young as well and looked good in his pre-draft year. And the big knock with him is he's, is he's a very, very poor skater. Um, so, you know, that, that might hurt his chances once he once he gets there. But, I mean, if you look at all the players that sort of profile kind of like this, like they, they make it. They, they make it to the NHL and they get by on their skill. You know, um, Kachuk was never the, the best skater, Matthew, that is. Um, you know, even a guy like Yager, like he was – I mean, he's not Yager's, Yager's category, but, you know, these guys never were, were great skaters either, but they got by because they had the, the hands and they had the offensive talent. So he'd be another one that I'd be looking at. Um, yeah, he'd be falling back in, 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 in the first round or into the second that, you know, might have that skill that he could really surprise in a couple of years. Well, Byron, why don't you get a plug in for your website and where we can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So the site is hockeyprospecting.com, and it's a subscription-based website where you can, you know, kind of play around with all these tools that we have uh, based on the models we've built out. It's, you know, a $25 a year type subscription. Um, and then my Twitter handle is Byron M. Bader, and I kind of post different different factoids and, and stuff about the draft and the prospects coming up. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. And if you have any questions, please reach out.
it's a great little twist to viewing NHL draft prospects and viewing this class. Uh, and for people listening, I'd highly recommend that you follow Byron on Twitter and that you you take a look at his stuff. Byron, again, I appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the draft process and enjoy the rest of your summer as well. Thank you very much. All right. That was Byron Bader from HockeyProspecting.com joining us on the West Her Hotline. We'll step aside, take a timeout. We'll be back right here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 